1: Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Tuesday. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, lots of pre-owned inventory. A great service department and sales staff and a sales staff that is there to work with you, to get the car that you're looking for, that makes sense for your family, that's right for your budget. They're not just there to complete the sale. They're there for you. And the service department just simply gets it done with whatever you need for your current vehicle. And that's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Neil Coolong back with us today. We'll get his reaction to the unfortunate, tragic death of Dwayne Haskins and the latest on the Steelers and the NFL. But a big day for Penn State football once again is when it comes to the transfer portal and upgrading the trenches, this time the defensive side. Former Maryland defensive end Damian Robinson coming to Penn State as he entered the transfer portal not too long ago had a visit with Penn State. Penn State was already very familiar with him, of course. He was the Lions' top target out of Quince Orchard High School in Maryland in the class of 2021. He just announced his commitment to Penn State today. Rating of 92 in the 24-7 sports transfer rankings, so that will make him a four-star transfer. Six-foot-five, or six-foot-three, 245-pound, rising sophomore. He actually visited Penn State Last Friday, we'll have three years of eligibility remaining for the Nittany Lions. And this is a huge get for Penn State to try and again fill those voids left by Arnold Epichetti, Jesse Lucchetta, and James Franklin's even said the edge rushing needs to be better. And Penn State definitely got a, a whole heck of a lot better with the addition today of uh, Damien Robinson. Not sure what Steve might be able to say or not say about this yet, depending on the usual NCAA rules, but at least wanted to pass that along to you. And the transfer portal has gone well this offseason for Penn State. No doubt about that when it when it comes to the trenches. So that's another big win there for for James Franklin. Played in all 13 games for the Terrapins last year. Started one game. Finish of the year with nineteen tackles, two and a half tackles for loss two Sacks. So he was the number twenty nine overall player in the transfer portal in the transfer portal this offseason. So that's a really good start to the day for Penn State. And we'll get into that with with Steve in a little bit. So again, we got Neil Kulong coming up in a little bit to talk Steelers, Dwayne Haskins, NFL, all that good stuff. Of course, you've been hearing all all today on uh, CBS News about uh, the subway shooting in Brooklyn. The Nets released a statement. They actually host Cleveland tonight for the beginning of the NBA play-in tournament, and it's about actually in the train station i guess is a half mile from the nets practice facility so they had they had a statement saying it was devastating and everybody in the in their thoughts and prayers there so so they had a statement saying it was devastating that's released a statement when it, when it comes to that and then of course last night with the phillies a great come from behind win down 3 nothing they score five in the eighth to beat the Mets last night. Go to three and one on the year, but overshadowed by what Alec Bohm unfortunately said during the game. He was caught on camera with the lip reading of of uh, saying uh, "bleep this place." <laughs> and he, I I don't think there's anything by it. And he even said afterwards, "We'll we'll we'll probably see if we can play the audio a little bit." That he didn't mean it, and I don't think he meant it either. Play, he he was having a rough inning. I mean, he had made three throwing errors in the in the first inning. I think it was, and then he says, "I bleeping hate this place," because of course we in Philadelphia will make you known when you're not playing well. So he's young. I think it was a mistake. Everything's fine, but he needs to obviously improve his fielding. We knew that coming in about Alec Boehm, that that was kind of an Achilles' heel, and he's in a, and he's in a uh, in a battle right now for that starting third baseman spot. Didn't help himself last night with uh, with Scott, the prospect. So, but this will be all welling over probably by tonight, unless he does anything more to. Exacerbate that a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, that's just that's that more or less is a result of what hap- what what happens nowadays with technology and social media and all that all that fun stuff. He just kind of got caught up in it. It's like really, you know, sometimes when you get frustrated with your own job, you might curse your job out for a second, but you don't mean it. That's what he's doing. No, nah, I think he was genuine in his post game comments, we'll nah, comments, but we'll try and play that audio in a little bit. So we're talking Damian Robinson today. As Penn State gets him in the transfer portal to upgrade the defensive line, specifically the pass rush. It's a good day for the Nitty Lions there, Mr. Steve Jones. Don't know what you can say about it, but it's a good day nonetheless.
0: No, I can't say anything about it. (laughs) There you go. I'm not allowed until he actually is on campus. I can't say anything about it.
1: Um,
2: So,
0: but uh, that's pretty simple. Uh, So uh, this is uh, another bad day for you, but it's all right. You got a guy with a two thirty
1: postseason batting average wanting five hundred million dollars. Well, nobody hit last night, and that was it was which was frustrating because you got the best outing from Jamison Tyone of all people from your starting pitchers last night, and you can't you only get four hits, so yeah, you can't do that. But move on to, the, to tonight and see what happens. Yeah, well, so then there's Alec Bone. Yeah, just talking about that. Uh, whoops. <laughs> He's not the first one to think it. Oh, he didn't mean it. <laughs> he didn't mean it. <laughs> no, really. It was. It was. It was. It was definitely clearly an in the moment type of thing. Frustrated in the moment, the, the poor kid made three throwing errors. Three horrendous errors. <laughs> this is all over by tonight unless he does anything more to exacerbate the situation that's all
0: <laughs> he speaks for many <laughs> he's not the first athlete to ever think that he's just the first one to say it out loud <laughs> he, oh my goodness Here, here's the problem for Alec Bone Quite simple. With a universal DH, he's a DH. Okay? It is a team that he should be the Phillies' DH. Except you acquired Kyle Schwarber. So he's a DH. You acquired Nick Castellanos. Well, he's a DH. All right, well, he can't really play third, so playing Oh, that's right, they got Reese Hoskins. So he has to play third. When he was at Williamsport... I had said in watching him, I said to Joe Putnam, you know, we were just chit chatting between. He says, Bone was like, what, the third overall pick in the draft? Something like that. So you're watching a guy that's thought, highly thought of out of Wichita State that comes in. And I said, you know, I said, you can see, I said, you can see the quickness in his bat. I like the stride at the plate and you can see the power. I said, in the field, my problem with him in the field is his flexibility. He's so he was so stiff down at third. It just I, I didn't feel like he could bend. And it, and every you're either naturally flexible or you're not. You just can't like all of a sudden. Hey, I'll do do a series of exercises. I'm flexible. <laughs> no, it's not how it works. And I think that's part of it. Yeah, he made three throwing errors last night, but I think part of them probably is because of his inability to set himself because he's just so stiff. The way he plays. Now, as to what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well have been talking to Eagles fans. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no? Or Sixers fans. Oh, no, I shouldn't have said that either. Flyers fans? No?
1: There were none of those this year anyway. Oh. So, no. there were none of those this look, year anyway.
0: it's Major League Baseball, so you should... Be able to make major league plays. Three throwing errors in one game. I remember the Yankees had a third baseman they picked up from the A's by the name I want to say Rich McKinney. This goes way back, Matt, long before you were born. This is back in the seventies. They were playing a game at Fenway Park and he made four errors in one game at third base. You're like hey I think it spurred them to get Greg Nettles. <laughs> I say I think I going to bring a professional.
1: Even if I were alive, that's not the worst baseball game I've ever seen with errors. Pirates-Cubs 2012, I think. So it was the year before they started finally playing like an actual baseball team and winning games and going to the playoffs. Seven errors by the Pirates in one game. (laughs) Seven (laughs) errors by the Pirates. That is the worst baseball game I have ever seen.
0: World Series game two, 2004, I, you know, it's the, it, I went up there. And, you know, we always talk about, hey, how Schilling pitched, and the Red Sox won six to two, and Schilling pitched great. And Veritek knocked in Ortiz and Ramirez with a triple, and Trot Nixon knocked in a couple of, knocked, let's see, no, Mark Bellhorn knocked in a couple with a double, um, he also knocked in two more with a wall ball. Oh, it's a great day, great game, Oh, blah, blah, blah. The Red Sox made four errors in that game, Matt. <laughs> four errors. You're like, going, what? Everybody's looking at each other like, this is the World Series? <laughs> yeah. Four errors? <laughs> I mean, that's the part nobody ever talks about. Like, holy crap. <laughs> Ugly. I mean I mean Bill Miller of all people who's a heck of a fielder made made a throwing error. Mark oh, Bellhorn yeah. made a couple of errors. <laughs> like look at each other like this is major league baseball. This is like the best of the best, right? <laughs> so yeah, you yeah, have those days. You just but here here's the issue. You have microphones everywhere. Everywhere. He, especially you get to the postseason, they're on they're on the foul pole, they're on the bases, they're on the so people can hear you uttering anything anywhere. Now this what he, was he in the dugout when he said this or
1: going into the dugout? They were he was going into the dugout after the inning. He probably was near the camera and the camera
0: has a mic on top of it. You know? And all he did was just utter what tens of thousands of athletes that have played in Philadelphia said. That I mean he just happened to say it, that's all. What? No, Senor! No, Senor! No, Senor! He should not feel bad when it comes to being booed in Philadelphia. He now joins Santa Claus. Among others. That's actually pretty pretty good company, don't you think? No good! No good! No! Ask you a question. Was Alex Bone boo- booed in Philadelphia last night?
1: Yeah, obviously. Yeah.
0: Was Santa Claus booed in Philadelphia?
1: Uh, about is it yes 30. No? Is it's
0: is it, is it a yes or no question.
1: 30, 40 years ago, yeah.
0: Wait, wait, no, you have to, it's a yes or no question. Yes. I rest my case. We'll come back with more in a moment. <laughs> You're on News Radio 1070, you'd hate to see me in a courtroom. <laughs> so the pseudo, he said, "I hate to be in court with you." The <laughs> so yes or no question. Come on. You're on News Radio 1070 WKOK. F O U L E D. That spells up. D- hmm.
2: When car repairs get difficult. Well, I. your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm-hmm.
1: Um, out of auto repair. What about this video that surfaced and you
0: heard about it and seen it? Yeah, yeah, I've heard. You know, look, emotions got the best of me. You know, I said it. And do I mean it? no and it's a frustrating night for me obviously you know I made a few mistakes in the field and look these people these fans they just want to win and I mean you heard it we come back they're great and you know I guess I'm just I'm sorry for them you know I I don't mean that and motion just got the best of me so you actually love this (laughs) yeah you know what I do yeah code for they are who they are okay um no
1: no uh no
0: I, th- I thought you people were real yeah and Alec Baldwin was real and he you can dish he- it but dish you can't take it I got it okay uh, it's, uh the typical Philadelphia dish it out can't take it yeah. and that uh, lack of championships nothing you know nobody wants to go there as a free agent alright so okay um no not good? Not good?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> no good! He's so no
0: good! No good! He's, he's just a kid. He You know, post-game he handled it really well, to be honest with you. He's just a kid. So... Agreed. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes out of the mouths of babes, not. <laughs> oh, these are your people. Oh.
1: They think the way you do. That's right. He was bad early. The Phillies were bad early. They were great late. Came back and win the game. That's how it goes.
0: Well, at least he's not a 230 postseason hitter demanding $500 million. (laughs) That's his average, you know. Let me ask you, how many many games did he play against the Red Sox in the postseason last year? taking your calls at 800-795-9565 this is the steve jones show on news radio 1070 wkok now from the sunbury motor studio here's steve jones i mean they're just real things don't expect absolute
1: perfection not perfection just to play hard
0: No, you expect perfection. (laughs) He plays hard, but he didn't didn't play well.
1: (laughs) I I should be able to expect you to make a throw to third base or to first base. I'm not asking for much. That's all I'm going to say.
0: So they, you know, so they boo him. He reacts. Oh my goodness, he's evil. It's kind of like Rocky Balboa at the end of Rocky IV when he addresses the crowd. When I got out of here, you didn't like me. I guess I didn't like you as much either. (laughs) Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. (laughs) Come on the gray line. <laughs> the guy, I, his problem is, I mean, you want to get to the technical part of it, he has a good bat. Uh, I just feel like just, I don't know, maybe it's because of his size. It's not as if a big man can't play third base, because Alex Rodriguez is- He's on a team that already has two DHs. So you can't just be DHing him. And you can't play him at first base because that was. Would... So he's going to have to gut it out and play play third. But good win for the Phil tonight. 1 uh, 5 4 the, over the Mets as they came from behind. All right, let's get into Penn State football. Time to bring in Greg Pickle. From on3.com, Blue White Illustrated. Oh, there are certain names I can't talk about in the transfer portal that have declared to be tra- have transferred until actually... Oh, there are certain names I can't talk about in the transfer portal that have declared to be tra- have transferred until actually... Up, well, try and get Greg back on here if we can. That'd be great. Um... Get him into the mix on the show here. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Let's see if we can get Greg in here from On3.com and Blue White Illustrated and get his thoughts on what's going on with Penn State football. There we go. All right, let's see if we can get him on there. Here we go. Let's see. Pickle joins us. Greg, of course, part of that outstanding crew at on3.com and Blue White Illustrated. Greg, welcome. Great to have you with us.
2: Hi, Steve. Good to be on with you and hope you all are doing well.
0: Well, everyone's been always waiting to see what happens in the transfer portal. Uh, Penn State already has an offensive lineman. Again, I, I'm still in the mode of uh, they who cannot be named out by me <laughs> until they actually get here. All these rules have been flushed down the drain, and I still have to follow these things. But I got I got to follow the rules. Uh, and then, of course, they were able to to get to Maryland. Tell us a little bit about this one.
2: Yeah, so I guess we'll just clarify the one you can't say, but we yeah. I certainly can. Is Hunter Norzad, the offensive lineman from Cornell, right. who will be here a little bit later this year once he graduates. But yeah, I mean Penn State goes down to Maryland on Tuesday morning and gets Damian Robinson out of the transfer portal from the Terps. Uh, the former on three consensus four-star recruit, two four seven sports have as a five-star recruit, pretty much widely considered a top 100 player in the country, in the class of 2021, and he committed to the Terps and spent a year there, played 13 games, start at one, and then for whatever reason, about yeah, about two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, he decided that he wanted to jump into the transfer portal, and that coincided with Penn State uh, certainly knowing uh, it needed the defensive end and a rusher of the passer, and he came up for. A trip to Penn State and apparently was very impressed by what he saw. And that was kind of that. Penn State able to close the deal on this one and steal a player from another Big Ten team, which doesn't happen often, but just goes to show you that the transfer portal has really opened up doors for not just programs to get players from schools that, you know, they probably would have been blocked from getting them uh, out of before, but also for players that, you know, if you commit to a school and you play there a season and you don't feel like it's the right fit for you, you have the option to go somewhere else of course and if you're not a grad transfer you have the one-time transfer exception it'll make you immediately eligible so I mean look I think we have to be careful to make comparisons to anyone that's come before him at Penn State and of course who I'm talking about is Arnold Abikidi because not every guy is going to come here and have the season that he did and he of course had the production at Temple whereas Robinson just played, you know, again, not a horrible first season by any stretch of the imagination, but certainly, uh, you know, he wasn't putting up the kind of numbers that Evikini did at Temple prior to coming to Penn State. So I think we don't want to make that comparison too soon, but certainly if you're Penn State, you're thrilled about this one. Again, this is a former top 100 recruit five-star talent that decided to uh you know make jump ship in the big Ten East after one year and penn state was certainly willing to welcome him with open arms and he'll get up here in what about a month two months time whatever it ends up being and try and make uh make a name for himself in a room that has some talent but also has some question marks
0: remember though evicates also was an older player he had a year yeah. remaining as opposed to a young player who's only played one year
2: Exactly, yeah. And that's where I think we have to be careful, for one of many reasons, of course. But one of the reasons, anyway, to be careful about drawing that comparison. It's going to be hard not to for some, and it's going to be easy, uh, kind of straight line to draw for others. But, yeah, ultimately, yeah, it was two totally different. different situation but still a great get for penn state just a guy who you know by and large considered the lions and many other powerful uh, power five programs rather during the recruiting process he of course really was uh, hamstrung by being able to take visits as every recruit was in that 2021 class because of the pandemic and you know i don't think this is the last guy we see from that class end up in the portal now look some of it's not going to be in any way, shape, or form related to the lack of taking visits or things like that, but I think there's going to be, and I'm not saying this is the case here, either he is not Yet, talk publicly about his reason for leaving Maryland and so on and so forth. But, you know, again, those guys had a very unique recruitment compared to pretty much anyone that came before mm-hmm. them. And so I think you'll see some of these guys who are only a year or two in the football maybe decide that they want to look somewhere else. And again, it doesn't have to be just this class, it will likely happen and will happen, certainly in many classes. But, you know, there's a lot to keep in mind, obviously, when these things happen.
0: So in the limited time you've been able to see some practice and then, of course, talk and listen to James after the Wednesday practices, what's the read you have so far?
2: Well, you know, spring practice is interesting, right, because it's hope springs eternal no pun intended but you know everything is on the right track and everything has gone good through winter workouts and I mean I think that certainly it sounds like they're happy with a couple of things obviously Mike Yershich talked about a week ago two weeks ago at this time and basically said that you know another year of consistency I think is going to be big for everybody and that's not just you know him it's not just the quarterbacks; it's everyone both the players and coaches on that side of the ball so you know I think that obviously they have some numbers issues up front on the offensive line this spring. James Franklin's talked about that on a couple of different occasions. So that's going to possibly make the blue light game look different. And I'm sure it's made practices to some extent look different, but, you know, then with Manny Diaz on the other side of the ball, things seem to be going well there. He certainly is a very personable, very uh, – you can see when you watch him coach how he gets through to players, how he can relate to players, how he how well he does with communicating what he needs them to do, and certainly the rest of that defensive staff falls into that same boat as well. So, I mean, I'd say so far so good at this point. You know, obviously last spring, once spring ball was over, there were some uh, things that happened away from the field or whatever that, you know, Penn State is in a better place now with and I'm talking about Adisa Isaac and Scott warmly both being back in action Mm -hmm. after missing last season but you know of course just never know what's around the corner either so time will tell (laughs) but yeah I mean you you hate to put too much stock into spring practice Mm -hmm. right because ultimately it's fundamentals and it's getting guys going again and introducing some guys to some things but we've heard good news about Nick Singleton and K. Rod Allen and the quarterbacks and so on and so forth. Zane Durant the list can go on and on so you know, you're not expecting to hear any bad news at this time. And if you do, that's obviously a, a not a good sign. So I think if you're a Penn State fan, you should be pretty pleased about where things stand. There's progress being made. And more importantly, there's not really anything uh, bad coming out that we know about so far.
0: Yeah, uh, we were talking, I think you were talking with Zach a little bit about the time timing of this. I've always said that there's certain times of the year that uh, you're more vulnerable to transfers in and out, pros and cons one of them is coming up and that is at the end of the spring semester is that about how you look at it as well
2: yeah i think so i mean it's, it's interesting though we you know it, it feels like we know so much about the transfer portal but it's only been around now for a couple of years two years so yeah i think we'll learn more information about it with each passing year and i mean at this point yeah i would say that's the case but you know ultimately if a guy is going to be able to help you even if he arrives closer to fall camp than you prefer you know you're not going to say no to that and I think there's been some examples of that across the country where guys make decisions late now I do believe I don't have it in front of me but I do believe there's a deadline of some sort where you at least need to be in the portal to be able to play in the upcoming season but yeah I think that's the ideal timeline Steve but certainly I think when you look at all of the needs across college football, whether it's because of injury or whether it's because of uh, medical retirement or whether it's just because of development, uh, you know, guys not developing a staff if you like, you know, if you think you can find someone that can help you, even if it's late June or early July and you have a chance to make that happen, you know, you're going to try and do it. So, yeah, I think that's the ideal timeline, but really, you know, I think what we're learning about the portal is that nothing would be real surprising anymore about, what these guys will do, um, you know, what what programs will do, rather, uh, to get a leg up or to make any kind of hole filled on their roster.
0: It's interesting you say that because this is a basketball example from years ago. But the number one recruit in the country that everybody had to have was a guy by the name of O.J. Mayo. And eventually Mayo ended up being a first-round pick in, in the NBA. You want to know when he let USC know he was coming? the night before the first class began, and they hadn't talked to him in months. <laughs> he just called up and I'll be there tomorrow. You, who? What? <laughs> so, right. so you don't know how some of these things <clears throat> work. <laughs>
1: right.
2: No, <laughs> it's a great example. <laughs> yeah, it's a great example. You know, again, if you can make it work and you can get it to pass muster, you're going to do it. It, it. You know, it's obviously a situation where, Some programs might go to greater lengths than others, but, yeah, there's no question that if you can find a way to improve your team uh, within the rules, and even if it's, again, not necessarily in the ideal timeline, uh, you're certainly going to try and do everything you can to do it. What's it been
0: like for you putting together the position-by-position breakdowns that you've been doing on on On3?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the interesting thing is that we've heard a lot about some players and not as much about others, and there's always, you know, there's sometimes red flags thrown without... Uh, even realizing that that's what's going on. and What I mean by that is you might not include a guy in this or mention a guy as much in that, and it draws questions of, well, why isn't player X improving like this, or why isn't player Y involved like that? And then the reality of it is, I mean, it just it's the it's a matter it's the nature of spring, quite frankly. I mean, you're going to hear more about some guys, and some guys are going to pop out more than others. But it doesn't mean there's not the ones who aren't mentioned as much doing as much work behind the scenes to, to take the steps forward that they need to, both for their own careers and the team. You know, when you talk about a guy, well, really two guys who have been mentioned a lot. I mean, I think we've heard a ton so far about Nick Singleton, the running back, a uh, mm-hmm. Gatorade National Player of the Year, and also mm-hmm. Zane Durant, the defensive tackle. And that doesn't yeah. mean that. Kevon Lee or Koziah Holmes or Koziah Izzard or Von Ellis, you know, it doesn't mean these guys aren't having good springs. It's just that, you know, when these press conferences are, you know, 10 to 15 minutes long, you can only cover so much ground. So that's probably the one thing I would say is that it's a balancing act between pointing out and highlighting the guys who have been highlighted while not glossing over. Uh, and maybe minimizing the ones that are still out there doing the work that needs to be done for this Penn State team to be its best self in 2022.
0: Look, sometimes you fly through something. I sent Jack Ham a, an email on Sunday about, okay, you know, this is what's going on at the positions. And I forgot to include a player who's been having a really good spring. <laughs> and his dad is going to play, and I was like, I, I just forgot him. <laughs> just because you're going through mentioning a whole bunch of names. Sometimes I'd have, what about him? <laughs> what about him?
2: <laughs> yep. And you can go round and round the circle with that, no God. question about it. I mean
0: sometimes you just like you're throwing a bunch of names, you're concentrating on a few names, just forget to put one in. And everybody goes, What happened to him? Nothing. Calm down.
2: <laughs> right. He's still there and still working forward. That's how, right.
0: What's it like for you dealing with with either message boards or Twitter? And how do you de- oh. and how do you deal with it?
2: You know, I think most of it is compartmentalizing, right? I mean... think for the most part, you're going to run into and you know this, anyone that's on these platforms knows, you're going to run into some some negativity. Uh, Don't don't say you know, because I don't. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, you're going to run into some negativity, but I think you have to keep in mind. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, I imagine (laughs) you are, even without being on those platforms, but no, I mean, I enjoy it. I think that the key for all of us is interact, all of us that do this anyway, is interacting with the people who have a passion for this program, because their passion fuels what we do and vice versa. So, yeah. you know, I enjoy it. I think that, again, you're going to run into some instances of just things that you read and you just, it just kind of blows you away. You can't believe it. But I would say that they are the ones that are talked about the most, but far outnumbered by the more positive interactions well, you have with people. So uh, not, that's not the case for everyone. Look, um, you know, if you ever take a look at James Franklin's mentions, it's maybe a little bit skewed. Uh, depending on win or loss, but yeah, ultimately, I just think it's about you know go compartmentalizing and going from there.
0: And the negative stuff doesn't in the in the least bother me, and here's the reason why. Okay, the last thing I want is apathy. Right,
2: that's exactly. The, the last thing for th- anyone.
0: Okay, yep. if if they are mad, right, you don't want to become one of the really neat sports. Hey, they won; that's really neat. How oh, they lost? Nah, that's too bad. <laughs> you don't exactly. want to be, you don't want to be that, okay? You know yeah. and, and there's there's certain sports around here where people get mad when it doesn't go right, and they get obviously euphoric when it does. And there's some that, no offense, are do fall into the category of they're really, yeah, it's really neat. They won, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, I just I always find that an interesting question, especially in this. Uh, Twitter world uh, and uh, message board world—that's you know—but again, I, I'd rather have the passion because that's one hundred percent better than apathy.
2: There is no doubt about that, Steve.
0: Thank you, Greg. Always appreciate you very much. You do great work.
2: Always a pleasure. Thanks. Talk to you soon.
0: All right, Greg Pickle, BlueEdIllustratedOnThree dot com. Um, yeah. Speaking of apathy, you should see the attendance on opening day at Pittsburgh today.
1: Oh, I'm sure there's uh, crickets.
0: I mean, there are people there, but it's like really, I mean, it looks like a a Tuesday, a late Tuesday afternoon game in June. Okay. Sad. That's apathy. (laughs) Now there's, you know, now you look at Philadelphia now, there's passion. I mean, they hate their players and their players hate them. I mean, it really is. I mean, (laughs) how much more passion do you want? All right, we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 (laughs) WKOK.
1: back here on the steve jones show macatrillo here with you steve is in the sunbury Motors studio sunbury motors fourth street in sunbury sunbury motors kia Routes 11 and 15 in humbles wharf and online at sunburymotors.com ford kia hyundai lots of pre-owned inventory a great service department that just gets it done with whatever you need for your current vehicle and a great sales staff that's not just there for the sale, but of course they're there to make sure that you have a car that fits your budget and is right for you. And it's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. More to come in the next hour as we continue here on The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK.